0: i'm lee henson hasty i'm the senior director it's a real privilege of theological education funds development uh, with the committee on theological education um, in partnership with the presbyterian foundation and part of my support for future ministers is supporting how they're being prepared at presbyterian seminaries like columbia theological seminary where my guest today marcia riggs is full professor Um, decades of service Decades of service, Marcia, that's, <laughs> so, uh, and she still is so young, uh, yeah. decades ago, let's pray, um, at Columbia, she is uh, uh, a theological ethicist there, she is the um, Erskine, I always wants to say Erskine Clark, but I know that's not right, that's not the correct, it's the, Jay Erskine Love. Jay Erskine Love professor of Christian ethics and um, has began her service there in 1991. Wow, think about 1991 (laughs) and the just generations, I won't say (laughs) how many. (laughs) Um, I was in seminary in 1991 uh, no, that's not true. I was getting ready to go to seminary in 1991. But generations of, of educators and professors and and pastors that you have helped shape and form um, in so many ways. Uh, thank you. And thank you for being here. I want to say a little bit sure. more about you, but maybe just say hello to those who are gathering here.
1: Well, uh, I was grateful for the invitation and I hope we get some good conversation going.
0: Thank you. Um I do too. I'm I'm sure we will. So um, Marcia, in addition to being, there it is, the J. Erskine Love Professor of Christian Ethics uh, and Director of the THM Project, has served in many leadership roles at the seminary within of ministry, within um, multicultural organizational development. I mean, the list goes on and on in search committees, um, has taught at Lutheran School of Theology, the Barbara King School of Ministry, Pacific School of Religion in Claremont, um, Drew University. She got her PhD from Vanderbilt Divinity and has done lectures there and taught there uh, as well. Um, is um, I, I didn't get to tell you this earlier. I meant to, but she also was a graduate of Randolph-Macon Women's College. Right. Now, now Randolph has changed. Yes,
1: Randolph College. Randolph yeah.
0: College. My first call is in the home was in the home of of Randolph-Macon Women's College, really in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, and Elizabeth was doing her PhD and at Union, and uh, we love we love those mountains. We love the library and even more so the cafeteria <laughs> at Randolph-Macon. Yeah. <laughs> it was good right there on Rivermont mm-hmm. Drive and uh, just a beautiful near near the James River, not too far. And uh you're a distinguished alum from from Randolph Macon as well. Um and uh I, I just thought that was just a fun connection <laughs> of where we we have um connected. She is an author, she is a speaker, she is a community activist too. She puts this you put your action Um, not it's not just in the classroom and I'm just grateful for your time we're gonna post her um, CV for so folks can see and find some of the things she's written Uh, I'm gonna quote today from an essay in to do justice on public education that Marcia wrote as well as if you don't know about it and we should post those links too is uh, the Woman of Theological Ethics, which was edited by Katie Geneva Cannon, Emily Towns, and Angela Sims, um, the last two, in also now senior positions, right, at their institutions. Right. Um, by the way, I, I, I learned in getting ready for this that Marcia Riggs is not going to show up on her CV, but it should, is um, She is Emily Town's favorite ethicist. I heard her say it. (laughs) That's that's big.
2: That's (laughs) huge. (laughs) That is huge.
0: Um, So thank you again for being here. And I'd love to hear um, the what is making you come alive in these days. As Howard Thurman said, we need people who are coming alive, and uh, or as your friend Katie Geneva Cannon i uh, said what it what is the the work your soul must have mm-hmm. um in these days um Marcy, we'd love to hear
1: okay um I'm gonna make one correction to your introduction because uh the dean told me to correct my c v but I haven't yet. <laughs> I'm no longer director of the t h m
2: oh okay, but
1: I am now the seminary ombudsperson, which is a whole uh-huh. new position for the seminary and We can probably get into that at some point.
2: (laughs)
0: That's beautiful. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that and sorry for that.
1: No, no, it's not you. Like I said, the Dean got on my case just this week about my CV not being updated. (laughs) Um, What's making me come alive uh, is the basic belief that God oversees the world. Hmm. (laughs) Because if I didn't believe that, I would probably want to crawl into a hole somewhere in the midst of Mm -hmm. this moment when we're between pandemic and protests, you know, where a lot of people are getting caught sort of feeling like, what, what should we do? Or they're even getting very depressed about what has happened or is happening. Um, But instead, you know, I believe God oversees the world. So I keep feeling called to be about the work of how do we, live into this moment as a moment of transformation or more theologically, perhaps a moment of Kairos. Mm. You know, we can be creative, improvisational, <laughs> innovative in this moment. And that's what I'm trying to communicate both to folk um, that I work with <laughs> uh, in any setting. And so the work, that my soul must have is really this work of being what I've now called a, a religious ethical mediator in the world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's it's a way of being this mediating presence that mm-hmm. is is listening <laughs> to mm-hmm. hear where the tensions are, not to get rid of the tension, but to invite us further into it so we can become more and more creative
2: mm-hmm. and
1: actually, generate some new ethical thinking (laughs) for this moment
0: i love. i mean that does feel i mean it's in those places of dissidence and tension and uh, that are creative moments that's really hopeful to hear and that's and that's that gives you life even (laughs) though i hear right there at the front end it's it's not easy right right now to think about new life but yet it may be exactly the moment yeah Um, that we can talk about new life. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's, like I said, I'm playing it out with the seminary right now. You know, I continue to teach, obviously. But when I came back from my sabbatical, I guess it's almost two years now, uh, I said to the dean, she said, what would you want to do if you could do anything you wanted to do? Mm -hmm. And I said, I think I would like to try and live out what it is to be a religious ethical mediator and help this community envision and practice beloved community. Mm
2: -hmm. And I
1: said, and the position is called an organizational ombudsperson. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And at first she was kind of like, oh, I don't know (laughs) if the president and so forth will go for this. Uh, I said, look, I'm not asking for you to create this position so that it has to go in the budget. That's not what I'm asking for. I am asking some relief time from teaching so that I can really be this for the seminary. So that's one of the things I've really been up to, uh, mediating conflicts, facilitating conversations between groups and individuals when they feel like We just don't know what else we're going to say to each other or how we're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. Um, And finding myself energized by that, Mm -hmm. which the dean sometimes says, I don't see it. You ought to be exhausted. I know how many people have been through your office. And I'm like, no, it energizes me because most often folks walk away and they're saying, okay, we're ready to try something. Mm -hmm. You've given us some ideas, you've helped us hear each other, (laughs) number Mm -hmm. one, and now you've suggested ways that we might actually live into our conflict and come out on the other side much more constructively.
0: Well, what you're saying right there, and I'm seeing uh, Ken Kovacs, um, Glenn Bell, Molly Castile, um, and others gathering, I hear pastors talking about this from session meetings, and it's, it's happening around, you know, some of their issues, like going back to in-person worship, or, you know, whatever the issue, or, or working on issues around demonstrations in their community, and how they how they respond, you know, um, many churches that predict, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter uh, signs, what have you, and These are not always easy conversations, you know. Whatever they are, and this was happening before uh, the current period, but maybe more so now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really encouraging to hear the seminary having a role for you to do that. And that—that I'm sure these folks are listening. Like, so how do you do that? I mean, in your in this in your essay. Uh, the, in, in Women as Christian Ethics, I mean, you talk about this religious, you capitalize it, religious mm-hmm. ethical mediation, REM, mm-hmm. um, a theory and practice that are inform, inform your theology and your pedagogy. And it also seems to inform your practice, mm-hmm. you know, um, exactly. and may, what, are there some principles there? Is that, and your loose grant, um, which was I'm so sorry to say that the last class of loose grants at least right. for, for now was around this shaping beloved community. I'm maybe with this religious ethic is, are there principles from that that are, you know, practice or what would you direct people certain places? What, what would you say about that to church leaders?
1: <laughs> well, mm-hmm. the first thing I do is ask people and I actually have a graphic uh, now but I, uh, I saw that you wanted, if anything got shared on the screen, you wanted it early. No. I, you, didn't, no, I didn't get that if together. If
0: you want to share, go for it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh,
1: but I invite folks to think about uh, imagining any space you go into as one in which there are already energies of conflict. Hmm. They're there. They're they're already there. The question is, how are you going to engage the energies? Is Mm -hmm. it going to be destructive or constructive? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so uh, knowing that, which also can give me a way to talk more globally about the omnipresence of violence in the world, that it's generated by the destructive use of conflict. So we want to work on how can we get into being participants in the omnipresence of God's justice instead? Mm. Both of those exist at the same time. (laughs) And when you go into a space with other folk, we have an opportunity to live with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That becomes the big theological uh, image circling everything Mm -hmm. is that and and in my graphic that arrow continues to grow and grow and grow and as some student says oh my gosh it's going off the page (laughs) well yeah yeah, because let's hope so it does (laughs) it goes off the page
2: (laughs) through the page
1: (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) and here we stand uh in whatever site whatever context and basically two cultures exist one is a culture of deception and mm. one is a culture of moral courage and in the overlap between those two cultures, that's where religious ethical mediation happens.
0: <laughs> okay. So I want to, I'm to get, I think this is important. I mean, I, I think it's really helpful and it's a mindset and a perspective mm-hmm. is, is to go into those places of tension, which are already there, Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing you say, just also imagine you're not alone. That's I'm, right. I'm translating. Right. God is also present, omnipresent right. in that place. And it's a presence of justice. It's mm-hmm. a prayer of justice. Let justice roll down. Mm-hmm. Waters, as Micah says, it's, it's about shalom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you defined shalom in an essay so beautifully. I'm going to find it here in a minute. <laughs> but I mean, it's that sort of... Mm-hmm wholeness and peace um, thats exactly. passes understanding. But it is, there is a culture of part of that tension of deception. Right. That that's when things go wrong and moral courage. That's where we, that's what we want to grab on. And what's in between?
1: The space between is the overlap between the two. Because okay. Because the two do not exist as, Uh, polar opposites in the sense that, Mm -hmm. you know, one's over here and one's over there, they're always overlapping.
2: Uh
1: So the challenge is to figure out how do we generate constructive ethical thinking and responses and ways of being and doing in the world in that space of overlap. Because that means we will recognize when we're acting out of the culture of deception Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) rather than the culture of moral courage. And we will also recognize that the culture of moral courage uh, demands of us Mm -hmm. that we recognize how complicit we can be with the culture Mm -hmm. of deception. Mm -hmm. And it's that complicity that we have to keep working on, you know? Right. (laughs) And that none of us, is above
2: it
0: <laughs> right oh sure no no doubt about it <laughs> um so it are you asking questions are you in those spaces uh, in, in a mediating sort of role are you asking questions um or you're showing image that that foster that moral courage what, what is it are, you're trying to foster honesty i don't know what what's happening yeah
1: there, there are, well i could tell you the the overall kind of thing that's being fostered is the ability to mediate differing interpretations. Mm -hmm. Because that's really what I like to talk about as at the heart of conflict, is differing interpretations. And rather than us evaluating one another's Uh differing interpretations, Mm -hmm. that we start learning how to hear them as different but also respect them.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I don't have to be uh, one of the principles of my pedagogy. It translates into everyone's going to be morally courageous in speaking up, but you can not.
0: Yeah. Sure. And they're telling you what's right. What's what, right. Right. That's not necessarily. Yeah. Okay. Right.
1: But you don't get to be, evaluative Mm. of others positions um so that one for a lot of
0: this is what we want to do in those
1: exactly and so a lot of students actually have seven different um pieces to that which don't ask me to state all of them right now (laughs) (laughs) but that one always sticks out for students because they're kind of like but um i'm kind of used to (laughs) listening and evaluating i said yeah we all are but Mm -hmm. i'm asking you to suspend that judging quality Mm -hmm. that need to evaluate Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: simply engage in you know asking for more clarification Mm -hmm. you know ask questions instead say Mm -hmm. i don't get it Mm -hmm. (laughs) tell me more right you know and that way we can begin (laughs) To listen more rather than evaluate uh,
0: now i 've got Hamilton playing in my <laughs> playing in my head, and i, 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 I 've been listening what is the song uh, you know uh, talk less, smile more right yes. <laughs> uh, it 's a little different where that goes, but i mean in, in the midst of that is it's it 's really more about listening than mm-hmm. talking right I mean yeah. and, and preachers especially we're we 're used to talking. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) And pronouncing, not just talking, but pronouncing.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Right. Let me tell you what God said.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Y'all, by the way, the title of your, uh, Marcia's lecture um, at Vanderbilt is, um, and God said what? Question mark. (laughs) I love that title. That's awesome. I mean, it's, but I really appreciate that. It's about listening. Does this, and I remember reading about part of this ethic as you explain it is to sort of make sure the information is, is valid. I mean, there's, there's a concern, I guess, in deception of a lot of disinformation.
2: Right. And that is
0: in our culture right now. There's a lot of faulty information that gets peddled as true. And if you can have an honest conversation and ask those kind of questions, probably that's revelatory for both parties when they have to start explaining, you know, whatever it is, you know, like, um, you know, that, that they have a difference about.
1: And when we're living in community with each other, we ought to be able to also say, well, Hey, maybe we need to do some research together and see what we can find out.
0: (laughs) I I love that,
1: you know, uh, because neither one of us can know it all by ourselves. Right. One of the ways uh, I guess I could talk about what I do to help nurture this this capacity to be a religious ethical mediator has shown up for me by doing four different short courses. Mm -hmm. And one's on nonviolent and intercultural communication, one's on conflict transformation, one's on dialogue, and one's on moral imagination that i think those are the four ethical capacities mm. that anyone doing ministry in the 21st century must cultivate
0: so what are some ways besides taking your course <laughs> that people can cultivate those kind of capacities and i um you i know you're just such a beautiful observer and, uh, of culture in general, music, poetry, film. What are some things to watch, to read, to listen to, um, that would cultivate those kind of those kind
1: yeah. of qualities and capacities? Well, see, this is what's interesting for me. I mean, because on the one hand, I think any jazz, any mm. jazz you listen to, is going to help you cultivate a sensibility around improvisation and creativity. <laughs>
2: Mm, You know,
1: right. And some people, you know, when I bring jazz to class, some people say, I don't really like jazz. I said, but I'm just asking you to open yourself up to what's happening in the music. Right. And when they sit back and stop going, I don't like jazz, (laughs) they start to feel the different ways in which persons actually create,
2: Mm. you know,
1: like I have one piece a jazz arrangement of Amazing Grace, for example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Amazing Grace has a lot more going on in this jazz artist's mind than I had had going on in mine. So that kind of thing. um, I'm always telling people, you have to feed your moral imagination.
2: Mm.
1: I mean, you really have to intentionally feed it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't even know when that's gonna happen, but mm-hmm. because I've made myself available for it.
2: Available. To happen, mm-hmm. You know?
1: Mm-hmm. And open, so open. Exactly. I mean, and so so I've had students come to class and I often start with what I call devotional entry points mm-hmm. that may just be music or poetry or images.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And some of them are like, Well, I can tell you this. I learned some musical artists I had never heard of right,
2: before. Right,
1: <laughs> But India Ari is one of those artists because she's both a cultural critic and a musician.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, mm-hmm. I'm using this semester in the course on, uh, which is Envisioning and Practicing Beloved Community. There's one song she calls Breathe
2: mm. in
1: which she is inviting us To really feel Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know that whole experience of both I can't breathe but breathing
0: yeah oh gosh that gets me
1: yeah you know and that we share this breathing right you know and so I asked the students to think about as you listen to this song and Mm -hmm. think about the George Floyd case of, and I can't breathe. Yes. What does breathing say to us about mm-hmm. what it is to be a moral agent in the world? <laughs> so yeah. that's what I do with folks mm-hmm. is I just bring various pieces to the table. I, you know, poetry. Last night I was actually listening to this new poet when I was uh, listening to a webinar conversation among LGBTQI persons about mm-hmm. what their voice will be in this next election. Um, there's a poet called Yanni. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: she did two, you know, incredible spoken word pieces, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so I'm like, okay, I've got to look that one up because I do have a space on the syllabus yeah. still that needs to invite some new imagination you
0: know um you're making me think uh, and i don't i'm sorry to say i don't think this ministry is happening but there's youtubes uh it was called amplify i think it's called amplify it was in um a young united methodist minister um who was very involved in the sandra bland case Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. among other things and her her she would go find spoken word folks and bring them together Mm -hmm. i mean unjust believable but young folks i mean Um, I'm thinking, I mean, I'm thinking theater, I'm thinking some of, I've, I've gone on a couple of, a couple of museums have offered kind of more virtual tours lately or Mm -hmm. that's uh, for me, that's a place that you're you're reminding me that's important place, not just to cultivate culture, but my moral imagination, but to be open with those kind of questions, listening, looking, you know, where is, I mean, you're talking about breathing, where is there space, where is space Mm -hmm. constricted? I mean that's yeah that's helpful and I feel like you could bring that into a session room or a boardroom yeah. um, huh? as well like let's talk up let's listen to this spoken word
1: mm-hmm. as
0: our what do you call the beginning of your class
1: uh, devotional points of entry
0: <laughs> devotional points of entry is is this is let's enter here yeah mm-hmm. and um, that's beautiful yeah and that's something you could also invite someone. Who maybe has a different opinion than you, or maybe right. contrary? For them to bring that as exactly. a way, okay,
1: exactly.
0: Oh, man, now I'm getting excited. I can't believe how did it get to be one thirty, Marcia? <laughs> We're just getting started. There's so much more. <laughs> oh gosh, yep, friends, you've got to read things. Uh, Marcia, Dr. Riggs has written. Um, I see. Um, I saw oh, Elizabeth Caldwell. Um, she is asking about your nonprofit Stillwater, mm. uh, if you could say something about that. Um, Brandon Perkins, um, among mm-hmm. others. Do you wanna say, say something about Stillwater? Is that still-
1: Yeah, Stillwater's is my uh, activist arm of my life in many ways. Uh, and I continue to try and nurture it while I continue to do the ministry of teaching mm-hmm. at Columbia which sometimes mm-hmm. makes it difficult, mm-hmm. but it's all about inviting people to actually come along on a journey where I, I help them, uh, I train them
2: mm-hmm.
1: in religious ethical mediation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, and, but they have to bring mm-hmm. to that a specific context, a specific issue or problem mm-hmm. that they're trying to lead people through. You. So that it's not an abstract, you know, here's what religious ethical mediation is. Right. But here is how you can become the religious ethical mediator and invite other people to live that way, too.
0: Gosh, I, I, we want to know more. Laura Lingerland. before you I invite you to offer a charge and benediction, is asking one of your former students, um, I believe. <laughs> Um, what are those four capacities again? Just as a reminder, maybe you you can incorporate those into your charge and blessing. But I'll, <laughs> I'll just hand it up. Back I'll to just you.
1: say them right quick: <laughs> uh, moral imagination, dialogue, intercultural and nonviolent communication, and conflict transformation—not conflict management right. or resolution, but conflict transformation. Okay. Okay.
0: So we're going to have to have four more talks so we can (laughs) work on the other three. But thanks again. I can't thank you enough. Um, And if you would, these folks have gathered and uh, they're thanking you online. Um, uh, Would you be willing to give a a charge and blessing
1: uh, for us? Sure. One of my uh, colleagues often takes us to the female mystics. Mm. And one of them is particularly concerned with us knowing that we are God's body on earth. Mm. <laughs> that we are God's eyes and ears and arms and feet. <laughs> mm. And we are the body of Christ. But that means we are also have many calls and many gifts. And we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and that gift, the Holy Spirit is a teacher, is a counselor and a guide. So I invite you to go forth, envisioning and practicing beloved community in this time between pandemic and protests, Mm. knowing that there is the grace of God, the love of Christ, and the fire of the Holy Spirit (laughs) that will embolden us.
0: (laughs) Amen amen may that be and particularly that fire okay uh, mm-hmm. stoke that fire um marcia riggs uh, thank you for the ways that you live your life to speak your life the joy that it's obviously a part of your life and in the midst of reality the way you live it um in your family i read about how you foster parented and all these things, the way you live it in your classroom, the way you live it in your nonprofit work and activism, the way you live it um, as now I'm the Budsman, you know. um, Thank you. And for as a writer, as a scholar, we're gonna look forward to reading more about this, uh, this work and learning more from you. Um, Hopefully uh, you'll get more students sent to you. I think we should. And, um, may our moral imaginations, uh, grow. Um, yes. thank you for helping us. Uh, and may our moral courage <laughs> also yes. be, uh, fostered. Um, uh, we're going to take friends two weeks away. We're going to move into a new rhythm here, um, uh, on, on the show. Um, and, uh, but if there are topics or persons you'd like for me to reach out to, please let me know. Um, and, um, uh, Thanks again, Marcia, for being here, and uh, I'll hope to see you soon. If you could stay on, I'm going to take the Facebook audience. We'll say peace be with you.